This episode brought to you by BRE Promotions. Whether you're just starting out or evolving your brand, BRE Promotions offers you expertly crafted disruptions that'll take you to the next level. BRE Promotions, we make your business shine. Visit us at brepromotions.com to schedule your free consultation. Bronxville Paranormal Society, in cooperation with the New York State UFO Project, the New York State Sasquatch Organization, and the North American Dogman Project, New York State Chapter, take you deep inside real cases, real experiences, and their reality. And now your hosts, Brian Bowden and Al Santorini. Hello, all fans, everybody listening in on our Podbean lovely network that we have here. Yes, I'm trying to create a network. This is Brian Bowden, and I'm here with the founder, the lead, the head, the big toe of the Bronxville Paranormal Society, uh, Al X-File Santa He is here. I am here. We are discussing this new product because people are saying, we want more content, Brian. So I'm, we're giving it to you. And it's, it's a show that uh, brings to you everything we've been kind of doing um, through the Bronxville Paranormal Society uh, in cooperation with the New York State UFO Project, in cooperation with the New York State Sasquatch Organization, and in cooperation with the North American Dogman Project, New York State Chapter, which uh, Al and I are both uh, uh, founders of it and directors of, of all these things. Um, we're co-directors, actually, in New York State, thankfully, because I dragged Al into it. Um, as Al will tell you, I volunteer for everything. By the way, we get tattoos in two weeks. And, <laughs> and, and, but New York State is such a vast state that we do have a couple other people that are, are now co-directors within the state because it's just too big for one uh, or even both of us to uh, handle at this point. Um, it's just way too big. So... What we're going to do is we're going to bring you some stuff. We're going to bring you updates. We're going to talk about investigations. We're just going to have a free-form banter, if you'd like. Um, there's some good stories here. We're going to tell you about some stuff that we've actually investigated recently and what's going on with the, the whole group. So it's not really co- it's not hosted by anybody one in particular. It's Al and I. Um, and if we have time, we will, you know, at, at other points, we'll bring in other people, right? I mean, that's basically what we're going to do. 
I think. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I'd love to bring other people in and just, you know, pick their brains on certain subjects. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah Without you a know, doubt. Yeah. And, you know, I, I forgot the hotline number and I'm not going to go grab for it right now, but Bronxville Paranormal Society has a hotline number. Uh, New York State UFO Project and has a hotline number. And either way, you can get to both of us. If you have a question, if you want an answer, if you if you want us to, to, to go into a subject um, or investigate stuff, bring something forward. Dude, leave, leave a message on that. Um, you can also, you know, leave a, a comment on this on our YouTube page. Um, and this is going to go out, as you already know, if you're listening. Um, it's on the Inside the Goblin Universe dot Podbean. Uh, that's where you'll find it. Um, we're, you know, that's where it'll be under. And we have a bunch of shows on that as well. Well, I do. And, you know, but let's get into this, this, this lovely thing, because. We're in lockdown mode, and I think you and I are Jones to get into a woods. <laughs> well, you know what, and, I, and uh, not not to jump off the subject sure. real quick, I would like to, which would, at some point, I would like to get all of the New York State directors for the North American Dogman Project yep. on a, a, mm-hmm. a, a what you would call it, um, a, a conference live, call, conference call, absolutely, yep. and get everybody in from. Western New York and up in up north, up in the uh, Adirondacks, and yep. just get everybody in at once, and let's see what's going on around the state. Let's all keep in, uh, informed. Let's talk to one another. And the same thing with the Bigfoot groups that are in New York State. You know, we're not the only Sasquatch organization in New York State, and I'd like to reach out to other groups and and ask them if they would like to come on. And yeah. Everybody just talk about you know. They're, they don't have to be specific of uh, their locations because everybody's so secretive, but um, at least talk about what they're finding and, you know, where they're, where they're investigating. And, you know, like I said, it could just be like Dutchess County is a big county. It could be anywhere in Dutchess County. It doesn't have to yeah. be specific to a specific town or, re- you know, area. But, and, you know, but that's down the road. And then we have a lot of friends between us in the paranormal <laughs> community that yeah. we'd like to get on. I'd like to get Jody Cook on and pick his brain. Yeah. Love to get Arizona Tramp on and maybe Cat Ward. It's just people. We know so many people. It's ridiculous. But, right. you know, first and foremost, you know, we just wanted to reach out to everybody and let them know we're getting a lot of requests on Facebook and private messages uh, asking about our monthly meetings. Yes, the BPS monthly meeting um, will continue soon as the the lockdown has been lifted. We're still going to be doing our monthly meeting yep. uh, with it the first Tuesday of every month at the library, uh, yep. at the Will Library in Yonkers um, downstate meeting, which is what we call it. Yep. And we are looking for a new location and at the upstate meeting because of the COVID-19 virus, the location we were using did go out of business, but we have spoken right. to the owner and he's looking to relocate and open up in another area. And uh, he's given us the thumbs up for using his new location where and when he ever uh, finds it to start doing our upstate meetings again. So, um, yeah, everybody uh, don't panic. We, we haven't <laughs> we haven't disappeared. We haven't been abducted. Yeah. Not <laughs> yet. Not we're, yet. Still, we're still here and uh, we will get we will get around to doing everything um, just one step at a time. Right. You know, I, I definitely want to uh, give a big shout out to Joe at the Enchanted Cafe because Joe is a, a fantastic person. I mean, the food alone at that place, I'm crying right now knowing that, he, you know, he had a close. Um, the soup 
was out of this world. Grilled cheese that like I've never had before in my life. It was freaking amazing. And you know what? I know Joe's going to be back in business. We're all going to be back in business really soon. Something was very interesting when you met Jody. Um, Jody was on uh, uh, a buddy of mine and you're a buddy of yours. Uh, uh, Dave Scott Spaced Out Radio. Yeah, I've seen, um, seen the link come up for it today. Yeah, yeah you know, yeah. Um, I just did that show. And it's it, when you go from 12 to 3 in the morning on the East Coast because they're on the West Coast, um, it's a lot more difficult. But uh, I beg you to go out to take a listen to Jody. He usually has great information there. Um, he's no joke when it comes to it. He's boots on the ground kind of guy. And um, he's going to give you – it's going to be entertaining and informative. That's, you know, what I oh, like well, about that. that. Whenever I listen to Dave Scott, it takes me three days to, to get through the, the, through the episode <laughs> because it's a three-hour show. So I, yeah, I, I, like, yeah. I like to listen to it for an hour on the, on the ride down to work. And usually on the ride home, I just like to listen to music. So, like, when you do, when you do Dave's show, it's a three-day process for me to get through the whole thing, you know? So well, I, yeah. I still have to get through your show, and now I have to get through Dave's. So that's six hours of travel time. That I'm going to be listening to uh, Dave Scott about, but um, I, 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 yeah, I tell you what, I mean, like I, I, I came on. Dave asked me to come out because a uh, guest did wasn't able to make it, and I, you know, this is how Al and I roll. If you ask us for something, you know, we're very open and, and forward. We, we're really, you know, it's all about being out there. We give you the information, we give you raw stuff, and then we, we of course, we're going to look at what we have, and then on top of that, we want you to get involved in it. You know, um, we always said that we want other other people to get involved, look at our research, say, hey, did we miss something or call us out? Um, but that's how, we, you know, if somebody's calling you and says, listen, I got a guest that canceled. Can you come on? It's it's really tough being on the East Coast to do this. I got to be honest. Um, yeah, I, I'll be honest. I I had I had to actually turn Dave down because you know I get up at four thirty to go to work, and there's no way I could do a show and get an hour and a half sleep <laughs> and then go to work. But um, exactly. I would love to do Dave's show. Just if we, it would have to be on, on a, like a weekend when I'm off or something. But or if you're yeah, in Cali I mean, or something like that. You're lucky because you work at home, so you can. You know, is as tough as it is, and I don't know how you do it because I can't stay up past ten o'clock. So yeah, I don't know how I you wish. stay up till three, but I know you are a vampire, so it's easier for you than me. I, I'll tell you, I'll tell you what. You know, it's it's really funny. Uh, the first couple of times I was on, it's like it was like really tough because I was tired and blah blah blah. But this lockdown, it's like, uh, you know, I've got the kids at home. Yours are older, mine are, are still young, and you just want somebody to talk to. Um, regarding certain subjects, like my 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 wife's not into this stuff, and you know, Bigfoot. Yeah, Bigfoot means daddy's shoes are in the corner. <laughs> you know. Yeah. So that being said, um, you know, I, I do my best. But the last couple of times I was on a roundtable, and then this one, um, the worst part is like you get it's such a good show that you get jacked up and you can't go to sleep. <laughs> so. That was yeah, you problem. know what, and, and I, I have noticed, though, like when I was homesick the last two weeks with the flu, um, right. when you're home continuously, 24-7, like you are, like most people are in New York yeah. State that are locked down, your whole sleeping pattern changes as well, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. You tend to stay up later and sleep sleep later during the day, and you stay up later at night, too, you know, at least for me, that's the way it was affecting me when I was home for two weeks with the flu, so... Right. I mean, you know, I can't imagine everybody's been home for six weeks straight. Now, their, their, their sleep patterns must be shot. Yeah, you know, that's, that's, see, this is the whole thing about this, talking about being weird and paranormal-based. A lot of people are, are saying that they have this nonstop headache. 
Um, oh, that's me. And, yeah, I mean, like, it's in the back of my, my left side of my head. And on top of that, they're talking about the sleep patterns are totally screwed because even though we're in the house, we can see sun and, and you know, and you can see some other stuff. It's just, you just don't know what day it is anymore. No, absolutely. <laughs> you know? I know I, I, when I was home for two, I thought I had the coronavirus and uh, I was home for two weeks sick as a dog. And I, after the first seven days, I lost track of what day it was and what time it was. I was just like, just totally uh, oblivious to everything. Yeah, you know, I mean, I don't think you had the coronavirus. Uh, you know. No, no, I tested negative, but I mean, I thought I had it because two people at my office tested positive. So, you know, um, but I yeah. was really in bad shapes as far as the flu goes. I was, I was wiped out. Yeah, and, and you get the flu shot, right? I got the flu shot, yes, absolutely. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't do the flu shot. Every time I do the flu shot, I get the flu. Um, yeah, well, you know, normally when I get the flu shot, I don't get the flu, but with my immune system being destroyed from the chemo, yeah. yeah. You know, this year was, uh, I try to be proactive. It didn't work out the way <laughs> I planned it, so, yeah. And also, you have a wife and uh, kids that will kill you if you get, you know, God, what are you doing? You know, um, yeah, they won't be too happy if I die. So, you know, they would rather so. have you taken by Bigfoot or a UFO. <laughs> Absolutely. I, I got a good story for you. Listen to this. Let's go. My cousin Dino calls me up yesterday, right? Now, every time my cousin Dino calls, he's the, he's the bearer of bad news. Someone always dies in the family. So, uh -oh. my wife goes, Oh, no, uh -oh. Dino's calling. Dino's on the phone. phone. Right. So, I go, I get on the phone. I go outside. I'm sitting on the front deck and I'm talking to him. And he goes, um, Daryl said hello. He was in my back. He came up to my house. And, he, and I'm like, Daryl, Daryl who? And he's like, Daryl, you know Daryl. And I'm like, dude, the only Daryl I know lives in Vegas. You know, he's, he's not uh, on Croton on the Hudson, you know? And he keeps going, Daryl, Daryl, Daryl. And I'm like, dude, who the hell are you? Who the hell is Daryl? Like, I'm trying to rack my brain. I'm thinking of somebody we went yeah. to school with when we were kids. He starts talking about the progressive commercial when a girl calls him Bigfoot. He goes, Bigfoot, my name is Daryl. <laughs> he's seen the commercial and he thought of me and he called me up to break my chops. And the whole time he's got me going nuts. I'm screaming, who the hell is Daryl? And I said, do me a favor because my cousin D has like five uh, AR-15s. I said, do me a favor. If Daryl walks through your yard, don't shoot him. Daryl <laughs> will oh be very God. upset. I was like, I go, I go, I seen the commercial last night. I thought he used, I had to call you. I'm like, oh, man, you broke my chops so much. I didn't know what the hell he was talking about. This is great. This is the great side of your family that everybody always busting each other's balls. You know? Oh, my God. Forget about it. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool stuff, though. But, you know, that, that's like uh, you have to have people like that in your life. I and mean, this is it's really funny when we do stuff when we do investigations. We go out, right? So we go to a spot, wherever we're going to do. It doesn't matter if it's a ghost-related, cryptid-related, whatever. Um, even when we interview, we usually sage ourselves, say prayers prior to going in, and we do it on the way out. And I always say this all the time. So I'm, we're going through all the prayers. I say uh, a prayer for traveling. Al's going the our father and whatever. And then Al busts out the holy oil, the holy water, and he's sprinkling everybody down like... Uh, like the father and the exorcist, <laughs> you know, and then he puts the cross on my head. And the first thing I do is it burns and prays like, stop doing that. <laughs> so, uh, it's hysterical. Absolutely. Yeah. No, but I mean, we, we, we take the, we take the precaution, the, the safety precaution seriously, but we have yeah. a good time doing it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So. I mean, 
life's too serious to begin with right now. I mean, it's just, it's nuts what's going on out there. But you know what? If you can't laugh at certain things, then you've lost your humanity, in my opinion. No, we should tell them, we should, we should talk about the Ledgeford Village one investigation oh. with the kids. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, go, like, go, yeah. go for it. Go for it. Go for it. All right, so we, w- we went to um, Letchworth Village Sane Asylum um, over in Rockland County. And we, you know, we had like, uh, we had to, everybody broke up into different teams. There was a lot of us that day. I think it was like maybe uh, six or seven, eight of us. Yeah, so we broke eight up to, of us. Yeah, so we broke up to three different teams. The place was really big. And uh, everybody had walkie-talkies and everybody was on different floors. And as we were all uh, investigating all, all different different floors, everybody experiencing different things. We had a group of uh, teeny boppers come in. Yeah. Okay? Now like, we all, we all kind of, yeah. we all kind of meet back up on the main floor and the teeny boppers walk in and is like uh, a 14 year old girl and like five 13 year old boys or yeah, you know, something, something, like that. Like that, something like that. By the and, way, if it was my daughter, I'd kill her, but go ahead. And, and, and they're, they're wearing flip flops and they're not wearing any mask. And we got the, we got the, the doctor's mask over our faces because of the yep. asbestos in the place and everything like we're really taking precautions and, and we do our, our uh, ceremony before we go in. And as we go out, like Brian says, our cleansing ceremony, and we don't only cleanse ourselves, but we cleanse our equipment. Yes. Uh, in and out. We clean, we cleanse our equipment. So at one point we meet the kids and we were supposed to, our psychic said we were going to meet up with a, an old lady who was waiting for us. And she was excited that we were coming and she was waiting for right. us. And these kids happened to be down. They had just come out of the morgue. And they were saying, hey, we just got an EVP of an old lady telling us to, what are you doing here or get out of here or something to that effect. And they were playing it for yeah, us. Yeah, it was, it it was, was good. a good one. Yeah, it was a good one. It was a real good one. And, you know, Class and, we, a, so, and we tell them, yeah, you know, the, we're, that's where we're headed down now. And, you know. Brian's like six two. I'm six foot. We're both big guys, and we had a couple other guys with us that were really tall guys. And everybody's wearing masks, and he's just like little kids with flip flops and stuff. So I says yeah. to the kid, like who was like the ringleader, the guy who was in charge. I says to the kid, I says, um, did you did you guys cleanse before you came in here? No. Did you say a protection no. prayer? No. Uh, are you going to cleanse and, and protect yourself when you leave? No. I said, does anybody know you're even in here? And he goes, what do you mean? I mean, like, do your parents know that you're here or anybody like that? Or friends. Friends. He goes, nobody knows we're here. We did it on the slide. Nobody knows we're here. So I turned to Brian. And now now we've actually uh, surrounded these kids by some force of nature. Our guys just kind of went around (laughs) the kids. And the kids are, like, in the middle of us. We had a circle around them. And they were like, we engulfed them. And I turned to Brian and I says, you know. If we kill these kids, no one will even know they're, they were here. And, and, and white as a ghost. And their jaws dropped. And the girl, like, had tears in her eyes. And then Bryce starts laughing hysterically. And now we're only playing with you. But they were playing. so scared. Because they really, at that moment, oh. the reality hit them. That nobody knows they're there. And if they ran into a psychopath, these kids were, were goners yeah. because, you know, we're all a grown men, you know, and it was like eight yeah. of us. Uh, it was so funny to see the look With knives on, on our face. sides and whatever. Yeah. They, their looks and on t- their faces were priceless, just priceless. Well, you know, I think I smelt some of them. 
fearing uh, a little bit. But uh, <laughs> but it, this is this the, the the general point is that Al and I stress this all the time. Any time we talk, we go. Don't go by yourself. Don't go by yourself. Don't um, not tell somebody where you're going. You need to do this. Um, and if you want to know why, just watch any one of the missing 401 movies or read the books. <laughs> wow. And I just, I just watched yep. both. I watched two of those the last yep. two nights. Um, I just watched the uh, hunted one. It was I watched, I watched the, I watched the first one and the hunted one. The last two nights they were fantastic. Yeah. They were both fantastic. Yeah. He yeah. starts off in New York State. I'm like, okay, so when and how are I going up there? Yeah, <laughs> that was amazing, sir. Right off in New York State. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's just inc- incredible stuff that takes place, and no one realizes, you know, how dangerous it could be. I mean, yeah, it, it doesn't matter if you're going into a, what do they call that, suburban uh, ghost hunting, or yep. if you're going up into uh, thousands of acres of woods. You know, both are just as dangerous as the other. And you really have to be prepared for every, anything that may happen. And, does, you know, just because you're in the middle of a city doesn't mean, you know, someone's going to find you anytime soon. Because places like that, people don't usually go into too often. You know what I mean? So, And you, you, know. Gotta, you know, one of the big points that, that was in the 411 Hunters is that, these guys are experienced people in the woods. They know what they're doing. They, and they were all hunters, yeah. Yeah, they hunters. All, and they all had bows, weapons, sidearms. Yeah. So if they can go missing and disappear, just imagine what's going to happen to you. Now, I've always thought um, sometimes Hollywood is a little bit uh, predictive of what's really taking place um, in many ways. Uh, it's used. I, I mean, it's almost as if, like that predator movie where they come to the, the U.S., you know, they come to the earth to hunt humans. Um, it's, it, I mean, that's the only other explanation I can think of. Why would they disappear and then reappear most of the time in sh- shattered bones and, you know, tattered clothing? I mean, it's almost like they grab somebody, take their shoes, like, okay, you go run, we're going to hunt you, <laughs> you know? Yeah, it's no, weird. It's, just, it's just crazy. Yeah, I mean, very, I mean, very, those, those one, one. And I have, I have, you know, I have, relatives that work in the parks department, you know, um, a couple of different parts of the country. And they both have told me straight up that there is a handbook on Bigfoot. If uh, campers come face to face with Bigfoot and their camps, you know, how they're instructed to either ask them if they wanted, they want to stay there or they want to relocate, um, you know, and they assure them that the Bigfoots at these national parks are not dangerous as long as you get out of their territory. Um, and, you know, and so they have an official handbook. When you get there, when you become a parks ranger in the National Forestry Department, there's a, there's a, a chapter on uh, Sasquatches. Now, I asked both of these yep. relatives Can I- uh, the same question about the dog, man. And right. both of them said no comment they won't no comment, comment. On the, they won't comment on the dog man but they were more than happy to talk about um the uf uh the, the big Bigfoot. yeah yeah well dogman's a totally different character all around um, yeah um i mean I, it, you know i i always you know i i come across some of these posts every once in a while uh about people saying oh i've never had a problem with a dog man they're not bad and i'm like uh ah. I don't know. I just, no. Uh, 
those things aren't the nicest things in the planet. I think they're very aggressive and they're not docile. Um, they, they are mean as shit. I think, my, I my think, opinion. I think that these creatures, whatever they may be, and I have no clue what they are. Um, I was told by a very respected, um, psychic that these creatures were interdimensional, uh, um, you know, but sh- this woman, this person had a, uh, has a vision that I can't, I don't have. So I take, I take their word for it, but yep. I comes, they come across to me as being getting off on terrorizing humans. Okay. Oh, yeah. I believe oh, yeah. that if they were as bad as they want us to believe they were, a lot more people would be missing or a lot more people they would find shredded. You know what I mean? So I yeah. think I'm not saying that they they won't shred you if you um, challenge them. All I'm saying is right. it seems to me there could be a lot more people disappearing or torn up if they were as bad as they come across. Now that goes you know, the same for the Sasquatch. Right. You know what I mean? Oh, 100%. You, the Sasquatch that I deal with at our hotspot have come to know me, um, have patience with me. I don't claim to have any psychic connection yeah. to them whatsoever, no. but they're very patient with me. And when they want us to leave, they let us know it's time to leave. Now, we've never yeah. challenged them on that. Maybe if we challenged them on it, they would get aggressive and someone would get hurt. Um, I'm sure they're... Uh, from what I understand, they have a short fuse as well. And if you don't leave when they want you to leave, someone could be, you know, have their arms torn out from them. So um, these so creatures are not, they're... Not, not meant to be played with, you know? Yeah, like Sasquatch is basically Italian and Russian, you know? They get mad and <laughs> you got to get going. <laughs> um, you gotta get so the, dog men, the dog men are more like Germans, just mean all yeah, the yeah. time. <laughs> they have no sense of humor. Uh, my, my aunt's gonna kill me for that one. She's yeah, I got, I got some of the German families. Oh, go, what are you talking about? Uh, uh, she's gonna kill no me comedy. Um, but uh, you know, I mean, like for, for one of the great examples, another investigation in relationship to Letchworth Village was when we did cemetery. Now, oh my God! The <laughs> Leshworth Village Cemetery. Yeah, now that, that, was, that was a really yeah, we didn't even, weird. And we didn't even finish up with Leshworth Village. Let's just finish up real yeah, quick with the, finish up with Leshworth Village. Just one one last thing mentioning is Leshworth. We got our psychic on the phone and we asked her, you know, um, what, what what where were we supposed to go once we got you know at at a certain point, and she said go down into the operating room. And you're going to find a board game that starts with the letter O. So, of course, we all love our psychic and we all pick on her because we're New Yorkers. And that's how we show our love. And we all started <laughs> laughing. And we said, yeah, the operation. We're going to find operation. So we go, down in, we go down in the operating room and we all spread out. There's one table on it with a bunch of debris, a broken down television. And we kind of all started, we all gathered around that table and we said, okay, you guys go this way, you guys go that way. And we're all looking around and we're all looking around and taking pictures and doing all kinds of stuff. When a metal pipe on the ceiling starts rocking back and forth by itself. Now there's a piece of rope right next to this pipe. The rope is not moving, but this pipe is going back and forth, back and forth. 
So Brian goes over with a black light to see if there's any fingerprints or anything on this, like a handprint on this pipe. So now we all gather around this pipe. We're all looking at it. And uh, we can't, and I took pictures and we got, we got uh, pictures of stuff over, over Paul's head, right? Some kind yeah. of, um, um, who? Uh, Paul, remember we had that picture of who? That? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we had a picture of that apparition over his head or whatever. And, right. Yeah, we did. And um, so after we all, the pipe stops moving, we all go back. We all, you know, we, all, we, regroup, we regroup and we go back to the table. And on the table, and to God, there's a Ouija board that wasn't there, that looked like it was made in like the 1500s. It was yeah, so old. I remember, I remember standing there, you were talking, I'm like, Al. And you keep talking, I'm like, Al. And he's like, what? I go, look at the table. He's like, what? He looks at the table and everybody, it basically in unison said, oh shit. <laughs> And then I think Alan went to grab the planchette, and you could of hear course. me on the on the <laughs> on the BPS YouTube page. You could hear me saying, "Don't touch that goddamn planchette." <laughs> he, he was playing with it, and Anthony wanted to take it home. Yeah. Like, no, we're not taking home any any uh, souvenirs. Souvenirs, no. Oh my god! But that that was amazing. That you know that Ouija board started was a board game started with a letter O, and it appeared out of nowhere and the reason that pipe started moving was to distract us from our, what we were there for and that that board just uh, just showed up um yeah out of the clear blue sky now we fast forward to the cemetery <laughs> yeah you want to start that one off yeah you know i i mean one of the things about letchworth village is um that was it was like twenty eight thousand acres so it it, it was a they called it an insane asylum, but it was more like if you had a bastard child, a disfigured person, or somebody that was a burden on you and society, in your opinion, you drop them off there, right? So, it, you know, when they were looking for the polio vaccine, they tested it there. And how they tested it was they took people that had polio, a lot of kids, and they just test a vaccine on them. And if they didn't die, it was a candidate. But a lot of people died. So well off the cemetery... Um, away from it, pretty pretty far away is the cemetery. Pretty and far away. Yeah, yeah, they have like hundreds of people there in unmarked graves. Only till recently did they start like trying to you know cat catalog it and see who's there. So uh, Al and I, we 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 pull up to this spot and it's a very quiet street, paved street, very quiet. Couple of houses on it, and we pull in, we walk in, and we're walking into the cemetery. And you walk down this road for less than a quarter of a mile. It wasn't really that long. And it opens up, and you see this big headstone. It's, you know, a memorial. And then there's the cemetery behind it. And there's, I mean, it's a pretty large cemetery for, for being an unmarked type of graves. So, you know, we start our investigation. If we do everything, I mean, we're walking around. You can hear some of the neighbor's dogs, like, barking every once in a while. The cemetery butts up against um, the power line, you know, roads. Um, those big open fields where the power lines cut through the state. And we're walking, I mean, nothing unusual. We walk a path, we go a little bit further up, and just doing the general survey. Then we come back to the main point, and then we start doing a little more investigation. So Al goes his one way, and I go my way. Because um, each of us are trying our own experiment. This is how we do things. We'll do things separately, and then we'll say, hey, let's get the uh, phonetic generators going. And 
you know, although some of these things we use are apps available on the store, we've had such success with these things and they've, they've literally validated each other, um, which is fairly difficult to do because when I use my equipment, I shut my phone off. So I'm on airplane mode. Um, so I don't have any interference. And this way, something extraordinary has to do something to in initiate some of those apps, right? Oh, and let me tell you one, I'm sorry to interrupt. No, no, no. One, one, one good thing about, let me tell you about those apps. I know a lot of people don't believe in them, but when you have an app that has 20,000 word dictionary in it, Okay. And like Brian says, we always put our phones on airplane mode. 60,000, 60,000, 60,000, whatever it is. And then you have an SB7 spirit box going at the same time in reverse. Okay. Reverse going backwards over the frequencies. And you're getting one validating the other. It's pretty impressive. Believe me. Yes, very impressive. I mean, it, 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 it's extraordinary. It shouldn't do that, actually. Um, but, you know, we're going through this whole thing, and we get to this point where, you know, it's a cemetery, but we, we're not seeing anything unusual initially. Then as we, we pull back to the main cemetery area that we kind of skirt the woods on the outside, we're doing the perimeter. And Al has this feeling like he's sensing something. He's like he's being drawn to the, this one specific area, which is, you know, that happens. You know, Al and I... We're pretty intuitive um, when it comes to, to a lot of this stuff, um, when we do things. You know, whether there are abilities or not, I, I have some. I know we've been working with uh, our psychic on, and I know Al does too. It, we're not crazy like that. We're not going to go out, well, I'm psychic, and I can pick, you know. No, it doesn't work that way. We, we, we're always questioning even our own abilities. But he's being drawn, and we're going into this wooded area there. Now... When you're dealing with these different cryptids out there, when you're dealing with a Bigfoot, you'll get some tree structures, right? So you'll get like leaning trees and intertwining trees and branches kind of wrapped around. So we kind of see these branches like probably what was it, like 10 foot high at one point near the power lines. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, and would, you can see the bends in the break. You know, yeah, like, there definitely... was a natural, yeah, a break right in one of those, like brand new break. Um, no footprints, nothing. And we're like, well, that, that's unusual. So we start taking out, you know, we have our, our K2s and stuff. And I have a digital one that it gives you numerical values. And it's still, still quiet, you know. And the next thing you know, we say, you know what, let's bust out the, um, let's bust out the, the, the singing bowls. So we bust out a singing bowl. We start amping up the, you know, doing a different tones. And it kind of like the dogs are barking, right? You can hear the dogs barking, and it's kind of feeling a little bit different, but not much. And Al says, you know what? I'm going I'm to try a wood knock. Gets a nice piece of tree. Dogs are barking. He hits that tree. The minute he hits that tree, the dogs shut up. It goes silent. And the next thing you know, on, my, on the meter, bing, it starts lighting up. And then we start playing with it. We're like, can you make it go to 60? And... It's starting to creep up to 60. Can you make it drop down to, you know, we're getting a response here. So we started amping up some stuff, which was incredible. But the best, I believe, was, remember when we went in the beginning of this, we, after we did a little bit of an investigation on that, we went over towards where the entrance was, and it kind of broke off. And on one side of it, there was a tree structure, but not like a Bigfoot tree structure. You want to tell them about the, the literally pulling the roots out of the tree and the umbrella? 
Oh, oh yeah, the thing looked like a it looked like a carousel. Yep. Uh, uh, suspended about twenty feet in the air. In the air, the giant I would say f- at least forty foot trees, maybe a foot in diameter, if not more, wedged yeah. in between a giant oak in a complete circle, and it was just the weirdest looking thing i so we i really i don't know how to describe it to this day an umbrella without the umbrella on it just just the skeleton of an umbrella maybe a carousel i mean but these trees were big and they were suspended 10 feet none of them were leaning on the ground they were all in the oh, all no. in the air and it was a complete circle and but it was funny because that day when we went to the cemetery i thought we were going to a regular New York State's kind of cemetery. So we didn't bring any weapons with us. I think all we brought was pepper spray. And we had a park like a quarter mile away under this only street light on the block by some (laughs) path, some running path. path Yeah. yeah. And we had to walk down the street. Then we had to walk through the woods to get to the cemetery. So it was weird. And then the whole day, Brian kept telling me, I didn't look like myself. I didn't sound like myself. And I was like, well, who the hell am I, Dad, if I'm not myself? <laughs> I, I felt like I had an attachment on me. And Brian just knew. He just yeah. knew. I had a, and I was tr- trying to deny it, even though I knew how I felt. But it wasn't until I did that tree knock when all of a sudden I felt that attachment lift off me. And all of a sudden the woods opened up and all the stuff that we didn't see for the first two hours walking around was right in front of our eyes, like a veil was lifted. And yeah. then we, we started walking into that carousel tree structure, whatever you want to call it. And we were getting drawn in and drawn in and drawn in. Yep. And then we heard the dogs barking again. And then we heard this really, really crazy bark. Howl yeah, like a kind big, big dog. Big, like, <laughs> I want to say he could have even been a hellhound. You know what I mean? <laughs> I don't know. But yeah. once this thing went off, all the other dogs shut up. And I got a vibe that went through my body at one point. Because we were, not only did we walk into the woods, and we had to walk in about 100, maybe 200 yards to get to the structure. We were being drawn deeper in. And I, so as I turned to Brian, I said, you know what, Brian? We, yeah. have to, we have to turn around. I feel like we're being drawn into a trap. I think we have to regroup. And he's like, okay, let's regroup. And we headed out, and we actually went back to the car, went to a diner, used the restroom, got a bite to eat, some coffee, and we went. then we went back at night. We saw what happened at night. <laughs> and yeah. It was great. So, so, so we pull back, and we, we park by that street about a quarter of a mile away from where we are. Because there's a light there. It's a little bit. You know, if you park there, it looks like maybe somebody's walking through the park, you know, like the trail or whatever. So we're walking in. We we got the headlamps on and we're using like the green or the blue lights. So we're not going to kind of attract the attention of anybody in the area. We walk in, we start walking in, we set up. And what we did was when you walk into the cemetery, it opens up. There's a big headstone there. And it's probably about six feet wide by four feet tall or something like that. I would go five by seven for sure. Five by seven? Yeah, so for sure. So what I said was, let's put our backs to this, this headstone. We'll hide behind it. So, and we'll use it as cover, at least, if something's coming around. You know, at least we have a place, a defensive position. Who knows, you know? Um, but once we got in there, these guys came out of freaking nowhere on a four-wheeler. And, these, and they're flying around. They're looking around. And, I mean, like, they were, like, panic-stricken. 
And we're like, what the hell is this? So when they started coming back, we said, you know, maybe we should stop them before they call the cops and we'll just say what we are. Like, uh, what are you guys doing here? You know, really nervous like. And I was like, we're, we're doing an investigation, paranormal investigation of the cemetery. And then they radio to somebody and they're like, before we can say anything, like, we're out. Boom. <laughs> they just took off like bats out of hell. You know, it was strange. Yeah, I wanted to interview him. I want I said, listen, look, can we interview you? We're doing a paranormal investigation. Can we interview you as, you know, local witnesses and residents? And they were like, no, we don't want to be on video. We're not doing nope, any interviews. But it was weird because they stopped right behind the way in. They stopped right on the other side of that monument. And they were literally eight inches away from us. And they couldn't find us. And you could hear them talk. We thought they were yeah. park rangers. We, and you could hear them talking. Which way did they go? I don't know. And then well, they drove around the woods yeah, and we, on, their, on their quad running with their giant headlight on. <laughs> and then when they finally came down, they seen us. So we stopped them and we talked to them. But in the meantime, we had all our cameras going, the infrared right. camera going, and the thermal camera going, and the, and the digital voice recorder was recording all night long. And, we, and, the, and all of all the... ITC devices. We had all our stuff going. And it's a beautiful, crystal clear night. I mean, it's a hunter's moon. There's a big full moon. Plenty of light. You don't need a headlamp to see where you're going. It was a nice night, too. It wasn't that cold. It wasn't that cold. It was like maybe 60 degrees. It was a beautiful fall night. Because it was uh, early November or mid-November, right? And then all of a sudden, the clouds roll in. Yeah, the fog rolls across the cemetery, <laughs> and this cemetery is not like any other cemetery you've ever seen, folks. This yeah. cemetery is a hill with nothing but crosses and numbers on it. No headstones, no markers, no just crosses yeah. with numbers. And the fog is rolling across the hill, and the moon is being covered by, and the temperature drops like. 20 degrees and we look at each other like what the hell is going on this is crazy it's literally like the scene where they're walking through the moors in an america werewolf in london it just like everything starts coming in we're like this is getting a little kind of spooky you know it's like this is weird but something to note though is i didn't notice it as much because i'm thinking uh, more paranormal ghost investigation Al is hearing, like, he's feeling this dogman thing. You hear that? You hear that dog? And he's really on that. And I'm kind of just missing it. Um, but there's a, something that we did, you know, catch on an EVP is, and, and I can play it back. I'll, I'll try to include it in this when I post, but I, I doubt I'm going to be able to. There's a moment where I'm standing there, and I heard something. I said, did you hear that? And Al goes, nope. And the next thing you hear is, like, right in front of us. It was either it was thing. either in front of us, between us, or right behind that yep. monument, leaning over. Oh yeah, because it was close. But here's here's yeah. a weird thing. Here's another <laughs> weird thing. So we go back, we hunker back down, we've got all the cameras focused in three different. We got like four different cameras in all different directions, and we're sitting there, and we're just sitting there monitoring everything. And those kids come back on the quad runner, and it's yep. like deja vu. They do everything all over again, like it's some kind of time loop. And they stop behind us, and they go through the same motion, and they go up the hill. They try, and again, this yep. time they come down. We confront them again. It's like they didn't even talk to us the first time. Yeah. And this time I tell them, listen, 
you don't we won't videotape you you know we'll yeah. audio tape you this way no one sees who you are and you just you can give us fake names and they go look if you knew what was good for you you guys would get the hell out of here and we're like well right. we don't know what's good for us yeah. so we're gonna stay you know apparently you don't know us <laughs> <laughs> and um then the temperature then then everything cleared out again remember the fog yep. rolls away the, the the clouds roll away, the moon comes out, and it's absolutely gorgeous again, but it's freezing cold. Temperature just to drop like 40 degrees. At right. one point, I couldn't take it anymore, and we leave. Go ahead, Brian. Tell them what happens yeah. on the way out. So, you know, we're, we're there, and, and, and at this point, it's like Al's acting a little weird. We're sitting there. He has this, like, shit-eating grin on his face. And I know Al. Al's a great guy. Um, you know, and we have, you know, we we... we we can pretty much take the piss out of each other. And, we, you know, we have a good time. But I'm like, what's wrong with you? He's like, nothing's wrong with me. I'm like, dude, something's wrong with you. So he's not, you know, he just wasn't acting right. But after a while, it got a little bit chilly. It's like, okay, we're done. You know, let, let's go. So when it gets too cold, I'll be honest, I have to go pee. And I'm not going to pee on a cemetery because it's disrespectful, you know. So we're walking back to the car. And, you know, as we're walking back, we kind of see some ice shine by the car. Now, there's no, you know, you can definitely have deer in the area. So, I mean, like, that's like nothing new, you know, in my book. Um, and as we're walking, where the car is situated on this roadway, in order, you know, in front of the, this, this area where it's like a path, a nature path, it's about a three-foot grade, okay? So I'm, I'm 6'1". So if, 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 if you were staring at me from inside that park, you know, add three feet to it, okay? So I'm about nine foot one. I'm, I guess, and I'm a pretty big guy. You know, you come over and you see me, you're like, yeah, he's a big boy. Um, but sitting on the ground, basically at eye level with me, is this thing in the shadows. I'm seeing the eye shine, Al's seeing the eye shine, and it looks like a dog, like big dog, like Marmaduke with the, the pointy ears, and you kind of can see something. It's not full detail. And it's just staring at us. So Al's throwing the stuff in the back of the truck. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm taking off my backpack. I'm like, I got to pee. Put my backpack in there. Now, I carry, um, at that time, actually, I had, I had a, 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 side, a side knife, like a survival knife, and I had a machete. So I had one in the back and one in the, on the side. And I'm standing in front, of the, <laughs> in front of this door on the passenger side. I was like, get in the car, man, get in the car. And we're both making, you know, we're keeping an eye on whatever this is. And I start peeing in front of this thing, who definitely, if you want to look at the, the, the reports of what a dogman looks like, I mean, from the physical shape and the size, this was sitting down. If this thing stood up and stood on its hind legs, it would clearly have been probably 12 feet tall. Am I, am I wrong about that? I, I don't know if it was 12 feet tall. I would well, definitely nine to go, 12 feet. I mean, it, I would, it would go be pretty eight, big. Eight to nine. I mean, because if it was sitting there, at first, I thought it was sitting down on its butt. And it had, on its butt, it had to be about five feet tall. And I got to be honest with you. First thought came to my mind was that it was a, a devil. A yeah, I, I thought it was a, a hellhound or something, you know. But then mm -hmm. as we got closer and I seen that orange eye shine, you know, the little dogman bell goes off in the back of my head. Right. And now I'm looking at this thing in the underbrush. Now, the only reason this thing is there is because it's hunting on that trail. What's ever right. going up and down that trail? This thing is going to... It wasn't a deer, folks. No. If, we were, if it would have been a deer and we walked over, it thing would have jumped, jumped and ran away. 
This thing stood there and just watched us. And I watched it. And at the whole time I'm packing my, packing the gear into the back of the Jeep, I'm not taking my eyes off it. Now I got my headlamp on, but I still can't see it well because it's in the brambles and the underbrush brush. Right. And I'm telling Brian to hurry up. And Brian's yeah, like, like, hurry okay, up. I'm coming, I'm coming. Get I'm like, in the well, car. And at one point, this thing, like I said, if it was sitting down on its haunches, okay? Right. Say it wasn't sitting down on its butts, but say it was sitting down on its haunches. It right. had to be six feet tall. So yeah. it stood up another three, maybe four feet. You know what I mean? Yeah, it, anyway, it was big. At one point, it when I say disappear, I mean it must have shut its eyes. Because yep. at that point, I couldn't see it anymore. The only reason I could see it was because of the light, the shine coming out of its eyes. So it shuts its eyes or it shuts its eyes off. Whatever happened, I don't know. But the vibe I got was that this thing was down on its belly and it was crawling towards us. That mm -hmm. was my sixth sense, my little voice in my head saying, red flag, red flag. Yeah. This, thing is, <laughs> this thing is not crawling away from you. This thing is hunting and it's coming at you. So I jump in the truck and I swing open the passenger side door because that's the only thing between this thing and Brian is the door of the truck. Yep. And I swing that door open. I say, Brian, get in the truck now or I'm leaving without you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, I'm taking off if you're in the truck or not. Let's go. So, and, and, and that was the moment where it was like, I'm urinating in front of this thing. And if you know anything about dogs, that's an alpha moon, right? So yeah. I'm telling this, this creature, like, I'm, I'm bigger and better than you. Which, in, 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 my, in hindsight, it's probably saying, this guy's crazy. <laughs> yeah, because in, in hindsight, that creature was probably saying, oh, you want to fight? I'll, I'll yeah. fight you. Uh, I'll, I'll bring right, it. You know, because then it shut its eyes and it dropped down to its belly and stuff. I believe, yeah. on, on all, my, my, all my soul, I believe that thing had dropped down to its belly and was crawling up. Because in my heart, in my heart of hearts, that thing, yep. the only reason why that thing was sitting four feet off of that hiking trail was because it was using that hiking trail to hunt on. Yep. And if a person would have came down that trail by itself, they would have gotten taken. Or if a deer had come down that trail, it was getting, whatever came down that trail, it was, and I think this creature may have been smart enough to know that somebody is on this trail because somebody's truck is parked right here. Right here. Trail yep. And but what it yeah. didn't know is it was two of us, not just one. Yeah, and we had and we had like knives, like like. Machetes, well, my so. knife was actually in the truck, but when we got to the truck, I had both cans of pepper spray out that yeah. I was ready to just open up on in that area. Even if I couldn't right. see it, I would have opened up on that area. You right. know what I mean? If that's what I needed to buy you a second or two to get your fat ass in the truck. <laughs> <laughs> but long story short, don't pee in front of the dog, man. <laughs> and challenge them. Uh, but it was, you know, it was an interesting night. That was my first, I think that was yours too, like first real encounter with this, this cryptid. Um, we can't, I, and I, I'm going to, I'm telling you straight No, up, the first one was the ones I seen on the parkway. That well, was the yeah. first one, yeah. yeah. Um, but for, for me, it's like, you know, I didn't want to believe this, this about this cryptid a long time ago. And I was like, dude, you got to listen to this. You got to take, you know, and I'm like, no, 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 no. And then all of a sudden you hear people that have more to lose than gain. And you're like, okay, this is crazy. You know, if it wasn't crazy enough as it is, now we're going to get a, a werewolf involved. Um, but, you know, it, it's just, you got to be cautious. I think if you play it smart with these cryptids and you do your thing and kind of back away, um, 
you'll live to tell another day. I think uh, it's all about respect each other's yep. space. I think you have to respect their space. You know, um, yeah. I don't think you necessarily have to be intimidated. Um, I think you can stand your ground to a certain extent, long as there's a decent amount of space in between you. You know, you don't want to yeah. get within arm's reach of these creatures because one could slice could cut you in four pieces. But I mean, you know, yeah. and like I said, then, um, oh, you know what? We should talk about the investigation you did at the library. Yeah. Okay, cool. Okay. Uh, we'll, we'll switch, we're going to switch, switch it up gears. for you. Yeah. Yeah. Cause you know, we actually, we've been, we've been trying to do like uh, a meeting we're, this is what we were going to do at our last meeting just before the, uh, the uh, lockdown. So this works out great. So, um, it, we had an investigation in Westchester County uh, at, an, a, at a historical building that's now a library. And we, for, for purposes of anonymity, we're not going to reveal what building, whatever, but uh, it was a library. And there was a basement floor. There was four floors plus the basement. So we got there, and uh, part of the team was Donna, Frank, and um, uh, Mike came. Al couldn't make it. Um, unfortunately, there was... Uh, a death in the family, and uh, we still are very sorry about that loss. Uh, but so it was my job. So I yeah. got there. I threw it on Brian's shoulders. I said, <laughs> Brian, because we didn't want to postpone the library. We had already postponed it once because of bad right. weather, and we didn't want to lose the opportunity of getting in there. So I said, Brian, you just take take yeah. the take the lead on this and run with it, you know. And I trust him with my life, so I knew he'd get the job done. Yeah. Well, I appreciate that. Right back at you. So I get there, and, and as I'm there, nobody else has shown up. <laughs> so I, inter- I, I meet with the, the, the librarian there that's the head of that library in that area, and a uh, really nice lady. And she introduced me to uh, several of the people that are going to be there, people that have been working in the library for a couple of years and have had their own personal experiences there with uh, interactions, things moving, uh, being touched and tapped. A lot of it is people being tripped. Um, people were being tripped, purposely pushed downstairs. So it gets a little bit like uh, violent. So we, I'm waiting. We get the team finally gets there, and we're all there. And we're at the main desk, the first level, and we meet up. And on top of that, we brought in – we let these people come in. The uh, head of custodial uh, – the custodians was there. And we said, you want to come along? He says, yeah, this would be great because he had his own experiences there. And there was another lady that was cleaning the place a couple floors up, and she had some experiences there. So he said, okay, cool. So what we did was we divided up initially into two separate groups. So we got two or three investigators going one way with a couple of people. And a couple, uh, uh, myself and Donna with the librarian, the, uh, the, the, the custodian, and uh, one other person, we went on around. And we started off on the top floor. Um, and we, of course, Donna didn't want to take the elevator because <laughs> apparently the elevators break down there. So... We're walking up the floors while they, they all take the elevator. We get to the top, and um, we go into this one room that's like a fishbowl. I call them fishbowls. It's, it's like a, a room that has glass that's around it, so you can have your own private meetings or classes in there. And we're in there, and we're doing – I got the – everybody has their own little piece of equipment. So we have recorders going. I have a recorder going. I've got a, a ghost app going. I have um, – a regular camera going, a video camera full spectrum, and we go in there and we start doing an EVP session. And normally, Donna's pretty sensitive to these things. Uh, so am I. 
I automatically knew as soon as they got into the place of where I wanted to be. It, and Don and I confirmed it. We wanted to go to the basement. That's the place to be. But that being said, we started at the top. Now, what we did was instead of having people downstairs below us, it was a large enough facility that we can have people go to one side of the, the, uh, the, the floor and we can go on the other side and then we swapped out. So we were in this room and um, we're going through, we're, we're, we're testing, we're taking pictures. And I said, I'm going to do an EVP session. Okay. So the library has been closed for a good 30 minutes. There's nobody in the building. The whole building shut down. It's not just for a library, but there's other offices there. And the people that are working in that building to clean it out, one of them is with us and the other person's on the next floor, the third floor, I believe. So it's just us. So we're going through, I'm asking questions, you know, you want to, you know, we're here to help. If you need some help, you can talk to us, go to this light. You can touch the light, try to make the K2 meter light up. Nothing. Um, we're asked, what's your name? Did you die here? Nothing. Um, I'm not feeling anything at any point in time. So I said, okay, I'm going to end the EVP session, right? So I go and I end the EVP session. And the very second I hit end, the loudspeaker in the library goes off. Ding. Like an announcement's coming over. And you hear a little bit of crackle. And that was it. And we're looking around and like, what was that? So I said, oh, this is very interesting. So we have the main library in here. She goes, that's strange. No one should be using it. It only works on the phone system. And it's not something you can initiate. Like, you know, sometimes when you're cleaning the phone, you can press a button. So I said, okay, that's very, very interesting. Let's try it again. So we started doing another EVP session, okay? And, again, I'm getting nothing on the EVP. I'm getting nothing on the phonetic generator. I'm, you know, I'm listening. We're reviewing the EVP. Nothing, nothing, nothing. So... Every time I stopped that EVP session, I shut my recorder off. The minute I shut it off, it went bing, like an announcement <laughs> was coming over. So I'm like, oh, this is good. So, so that was the top floor. So we eventually meet up in the middle, and they said, you know, some of the guys, like, let's get a couple of readings, but nothing really too out of the ordinary up here. So I said, okay, cool. Uh, we told them what was happening every time we stopped the EVP session. He goes, yeah, we heard that. Sounded like an announcement was coming. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So we went down to the third floor. And on the third floor, we happened to meet up with this other lady that was working there. And her experience was she was cleaning the third floor and she was gonna she took us to it. She told us about it first in this little side area. And um she said that when she was cleaning the third floor, um, she was walking down the um the, the, I guess the, the, the hallways or the little pathways between bookcases. And she said she saw somebody walk by and went by out of the corner of her eye with like a white Oxford type of shirt or something to that effect. And she said, oh, that's her manager. He's probably playing tricks on her. And when she went over, she's the only one in the building, and she looked, no one was there. And it's not like you could hide. It was an open-up area where you couldn't run that fast without being caught. So we go through this whole area there and we, we're, we're, we get to one spot where we're starting to get like a hot spot. So I start doing the EVP thing again and people are picking up K2 readings. It's, it's starting to get a little bit more active. And the next thing you know, I'm asking these questions are, you know, did you die here? What's your name? Simple answer and response type of thing we've had success with in the past. Nothing happens. I shut the thing off. 
Next thing you know, you hear bing, like an announcement's coming up, like this is crazy, you know. And the 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 librarian herself says, That's impossible. This that can't be done. You know, there's something something strange going on. So we continue to do it. We continue, there's one break area there on that floor. And we go in there with them, and I start busting out the uh, FLIR. And, we, you know, I show them on the, you know, how the FLIR works. I have the handheld FLIR unit, which is pretty good. It's not one of the best ones, but it is a FLIR unit. And within the close enough range, it works really, really well. Works. It works very well indoors. Oh, yeah. I mean, it obviously works better indoors than outdoors, but it works well outdoors as well. Just you don't get the distance that you would get with a bigger unit. Right. Distance and clarity, like, you know, like yeah. really you're zooming in. So when you co- I'm just going to describe this room. This room is kind of like a a, um, a safe. Well, not a, a safe. You come into the room and it's an open space. Then if you walk a little bit, you know, there's a, a kitchen out on the right with a couple of vending machines. There's a table in front with a big bay window looking out onto the, you know, the outside. And if you look to the left, there's like a little seating area there. There's maybe like uh, four, 12 seats against the wall. So we're there, we're doing some stuff. And, uh, you know, we, we feel like we, we, on the flare, you see some strange stuff going on. I said, I'm looking at it. And in the corner, the left corner, it looks like we're trying to talk to these, you know, whatever spirits are there. It looks like something's trying to manifest. So I showed these people, I said, you know, that, that are there with us. I said, you see it? You see what I'm talking about? He goes, yeah, I see, I see exactly what you're talking about. And as I said, he goes, there's no way. He walks over to that area. Now, it's getting hotter in that point when he's not there. That means the heat's coming in. There's something building up there. The minute he walks over there, it all disappears. And only his heat signature's on it which was out of this world fantastic. So then we say, come out, come, come back. And as he comes back, you can kind of see it. And it, it, it's, it's kind of hard to explain, but it's like this little puff that starts building and building and building. Um, of course, that will be, I believe we're, we're put, we put that up on the website, but um, we'll, we'll take a look. You, know, you can find it either there or I may just throw them all on YouTube so people can just see it through the Bronx Hill Paranormal Society YouTube uh, page. Just throw up those videos, let them check them out. Um, but that was really, really intense. And as we get outside, we, we all meet up near that, that little break area there. After we investigate it, we get no more readings. We go into the, uh, I believe it was the um, third floor. And we're going to go down to the second floor. We walk, actually, we walk down to the second floor. We're going to come out of that little hallway into the main room where the, the library is. And someone's talking. As we're talking, I heard it. And one of the other gentlemen there that works there at the library heard it. It sounded like crumpling paper. And, and we both said, stop, stop, stop. And we, you could hear, like, not like a, as if a mouse was there or something, but it definitely felt like somebody was crumpling or playing with paper, you know, when you crumple it up. And it's over by the front desk area there. So we walk over there, we're looking, and it, it's as if someone literally touched one of the plants there. They had, like, I think they still had um, Christmassy stuff on, if I'm correct. And like the tinfoil, like they were playing with the tinfoil, but big time. So we fa- finally found the spot. There is no way uh, a mouse could have been there. It, it just wouldn't have worked. Someone physically had to do it because we, we simulated that sound. And you literally have to have the size hand of, of a human, you know, adult human to kind of make that sound. But while we were there doing this, the main librarian goes over and goes, this is very interesting. 
I said, well, what is it? So I, I videotaped it. She goes, this, these are the phones, okay? This phone it has, it, 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 the thing is when you use the phone, you can tell immediately if the phone has been used or not, okay? Um, it records, it's one of those computer phones that records the time in use and who used it and where it was coming from. So if I called Al, it would say, you got a call from me, right? <laughs> on the phone, she goes, no one was here. This was cleaned out. No one's on this floor. But this phone is registered. Each one of the people that worked in the library that was with us that night, their number was picked up and called from that phone and to the PA. And that just blew our minds. That's where the PA was coming from. So when we were on the fourth floor, this thing was down there making phone calls, making announcements to us. So it was, it, it was just very, very mind-blowing that night. Yeah, it's amazing how people who are standing right next to you on the fourth floor, how their code came up on that phone on the third floor while they were with you. How does that, how does that happen? You know what I mean? You have to punch there. Each individual has a different code. So how, how does all of their codes, who knows, first of all, who knows all their, their separate codes and who's punching them in to make the announcements if they're all with you? That's so insane. Still there, Brian? Oh, sorry about that. I was on mute. I said one of the things. We, I apologize. <laughs> no, I um, didn't know what happened. No, no, no. I apologize. I, thought, know, the call, I thought the call dropped. That's what. I no, no. Happened. It's it's lockdown, so I got to make sure my kids aren't screaming. And I can get out there. But one of the things we have to do as investigators is we're also skeptics. And if you're in a building, you're telling me that no one else is there. I got to make sure that no one's playing a trick on us. You know, no one like uh, down in, uh, you know, engineering is like, oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to mess with those guys. Uh, but no one was in the building. Everybody that was in that building that night was on that floor. Every floor together. There was only one time, and that was towards the end after this little experience where we found out that the phone was being used, that uh, two of the investigators in our group, Mike and Frank, went down with two guys to the basement um, by themselves. Um, but other than that, everybody was there. So, you know, no one was playing a trick on us that night. This, whatever was there, literally picked up that phone or used that phone and dialed as if they were dialing from person A's account to make the announcement, person B, person C. It's, it's just, it's basically impossible. Um, so that was just, that, that was the, one of the best experiences of the night there. Another experience took place after that. We decided to go to the first floor before all grouping, regrouping again, and we got down to the to the uh, basement. But in there is a giant, um, a giant auditorium. You know, it's pretty big. I'm not when I say giant for for a building to have something like this. It's it's a nice size auditorium. Uh, they do presentations there for the general public, so it's it's a kind of a cool spot. And if you it's it's the way it's, it's built is there's a wall that has windows that look out onto the street. And then there's like a glass wall to get into it. And there's a little side area to get into it, but it's not glass. So they unlocked it. We went in there and we started doing some EVP work. And I was explaining to people how, um, you know, when you're using a FLIR, if something sits down, it leaves an impression when it gets up. Even five minutes after, you can still see their print. Um, and I thought I had something, but someone was actually sitting in the seat. No problem. 
you know, um, I went over to it. I'm like, who's anybody sitting here? And then, you know, that was the bunk. But in the, if you're standing in this auditorium and you're facing the front where the projector would be, to the right, there was a very dark area. And that area has a little room on one side. And then if you go in a little bit further, there's like another storage room there. There's no other access to that area. And while I'm standing there doing the flare, in that corner, I swear I, I got somebody. It looked like somebody peeked their head around the corner and then pulled it back. And they did it twice. So someone else said they felt that they saw something there moving. So I said, let's go. So we walk over there and it's pitch black and we didn't feel anything. We didn't sense anything. I take my camera and I use a flash and I say, okay, uh, close your eyes. I'm taking pictures. I took three pictures in a row. And in those pictures, there, there is an orb in that room. There's several orbs in that room. And I know people don't like orbs, but this has weight to it. It has light and shadow to it. And in one picture, the first one, it's not there. In the second picture, it's there. In the third picture, there's three of them. And they moved. This isn't dust. We got something on film there. And isn't that, that the same room where you heard the kids? Yes. Okay. That, that's one of the same rooms that we heard. We, we did hear a little bit of what sounded like uh, kids. Um, you know, not like a giggle, but it... There was, there was something about children that was being yeah, brought up. Yeah, and if I remember correctly, you said it sounded like the kids were cheering. But when I spoke to Don and, and Mike, they said it sounded like the kids were screaming. So right. it was weird. Two different groups, both heard kids, one happy and one scared. Yeah, it's kind of like it, the sound before we got into that room was... If you ask the classroom, does anybody want ice cream? Yeah. You know, it's like that. Yeah, <laughs> Absolutely, you know? yeah. And, and yes, I guess that can be taken as like painful <laughs> for some. But yeah. So, um, you know, the problem with this building is before it was retrofitted for a library, it was a part of the Industrial Revolution. Yes. And we, as we all know, um, labor practices back then were very suspect. So, you know, when you were young, you needed food and, and money and, and whatever. So some kids went to work. Yeah, there was no it, such thing yeah. as child labor laws. Absolutely. My father, my father dropped out of school when he was 12 to go work in structure right. to feed his family. So Right. So, you know, like the fact of the matter is that people could be there and doing this, you know. So and, and there is a history of it. We can't fully document everything. You know, people try to hide certain aspects of, of what they were doing that may be nefarious. But... You know, it was just another interesting little twist to it. I got another question I got for you. Yeah. I remember when we did the evidence review and you showed us that thing peeking out. Wasn't that yep. like a cold shadow peeking out? Yeah, it, it was. was cold. It wasn't giving off any heat, right? It was no. like blue. It was cold. It was, yeah, yeah, it was like dark. It was like it was, but it was darker than the dark that was there. Yeah, you know, um, a lot of times when you see something on flare, you know, if it's red, you know, oh, it's, it's hot, you know, it may be more positive. I, I didn't have a positive or negative. I, I didn't feel a negativity vibe in anything, really. Right. Um, I, it was just like a curiosity thing. Like it was trying to manifest itself. Like who are these people? Why are they here right now? Maybe it was one of the children just peeking out, seeing who was coming down that way, you know? Well, it, yeah, well, it could have been. I mean, I don't know how big the kids were, but it would have been more adult size, I think. Oh, well, okay. Um, I don't, if I remember correctly. I, see, I'm remembering when we watched right. the evidence review, I was remembering it being smaller, like four feet tall, not quite 
well, people were smaller back then anyway. Yeah. Right. Well, you know, you, I mean, it could have been, it could have been even, you know, there was, you couldn't get any characteristics of male or female to it. No, so, no. Yeah. And you were shooting down, right? Weren't you shooting down? No, I was shooting point? across, but the, uh, well, a little bit higher up. So I'm, I'm yeah. holding it about six feet high. So yeah, you know, I mean, maybe, maybe you're right. Maybe it could have been if you do a little trigonometry and you figure out <laughs> angles and stuff, but <laughs> It's, it's it's not we're not at that point yet no no, no absolutely not. Let's not get that complicated god forbid right and no. then you know after that it was kind of getting late and everybody was just itching to get to the basement donna donna made a new friend there that night <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and we're all going to the basement and we, and we went down to the to the to the basement and when you get to the basement it's it's like a weird entrance way to get to it from the um library it's almost like a back door type of thing it's a little bit tighter um it's you know not a necessarily used door and there was one point where we went into the storage room that used to get flooded now i love paranormal and water they work beautifully together uh it's an energy sauce it's a cleansing source it's all that in a bag of chips um and you know there there should have been more of a vibe there because some of the historical stuff was there in 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 past uh, groups that we've done now, you know, we go into the historical side of something and things start lighting up. Um, we've done other places that have a lot of history there, and it just brings out whatever residual or, or haunted energy that's there. Uh, but this didn't have that vibe. But when we walked from there into another area to the main hallway, the minute I walked there, Donna did the same thing. I'm like, oh, I got the chili willies like never before. <laughs> And she's, I'm like, she, we just looked at each other and we're like, it was the same look. We were both saying, did you just feel that? Yeah. Like, yeah, I just felt that. So that there was definitely something that that was in that space. And it, and it seemed to keep moving. Whatever was there did not want us really to be there. Didn't want to really come out to play. Um, and I understand that aspect of it. Um, you know, you're dead. You don't know who these people are. You're with the same people you've been with for eternity, <laughs> you know. Who are these new people? They're scaring me. Um, uh, so that was that for, for the most and part. And plus that entity, whatever it was, yeah. you know, you're sensitive, Donna's sensitive. It could have felt your energy. You know oh, what I mean? 100%, so like, like you yeah. guys felt its energy. It could have felt your energy as well, you know, and yeah. maybe just scared it. Maybe it was scared. Who knows? You know, I, but I, it's funny that you both did the same exact thing. And I know the look that you're talking about. Because her, like you, <laughs> yep. like me, when we feel it, we just look at each other with this, oh, did you feel that yeah, look? It's, yeah. It's just an acknowledgement look. Like, yes. You know, you don't even have to say anything. It's like, yeah, nope. I got it. I got it. I'm there. It's, it's kind of like, like those guys in all the, the, the Delta Force and whatever. They just look at each other and like, yeah, we got it. Yeah. Um, we did have one other hotspot. And I thought there'd be a little bit more there because there's a lot of electronics down there. But it was so well shielded. We didn't have any type of like Faraday cage or, you know, leaking. Um, but we got to this one spot and the chill that was there, you, it was noticeable. I mean, it just a cold spot appeared and I tried FLIR. I tried everything. Nothing happened. But that's pretty much where we ended our investigation there. We definitely have the evidence. We're going to go back. We're going to show them the evidence when we get a chance. Um, and we're definitely going back there. Al has to go back because he's going to love that place. Oh, absolutely. You know what? We should end this here. Next time we talk next week, we can pick up with the, the other library that we sure. did. And we can finish up with my, my investigation 
um, the one that you didn't make to what the yeah. light, the light club curiosity shop in Orange County, which was just off the charts. So oh, um, that'd be great. I'm still yeah, going over idea. the evidence with that. And it was just so much evidence. I did post a lot of that um, video evidence on the Facebook uh, BPS yeah. Facebook pages. So should be there if anyone wants to look at it, but yeah, because yeah, we, we've been gone for like an hour and a half. Yeah, we can... not, <laughs> not a problem. <laughs> Look, it, you know what? This is what we're going to do. We're, you know, we, we do record uh, our BPS meetings. We do video with that a lot. We try to we, we were going to live stream it, but there's always these these people that are just so bored with their lives to be haters that we're not even going to give them that, that satisfaction. Uh, but, you know, anything we post, it'll be on, uh, you know, it'll be on the uh, Bronxville Paranormal Society YouTube. It'll be on New York State UFO Project YouTube. Um, and we're going to post a lot of stuff to uh, this, this Podbean, uh, which is under insidethegoblinuniverse.podbean.com. It's available on every podcast catch you can get. We're on everything. Um, so you can go listen to it, you know, subscribe, like it, share it with your friends. It makes a great lockdown gift. Um, <laughs> and, and, and know that you can contact Al, myself, um, and you can ask us questions. You can question what we do. You go to this, we're on Facebook, so you know, reach out to us. Go to the Bronxville Paranormal Society, send us a message. If you have a problem, if you have an issue, we're all about helping out people uh, that are in need. And uh, no, there's nothing. We don't charge anything um, at all. We don't ask for anything. We don't charge anything. Some, some people give us gas money, which we do appreciate, although gas is incredibly low right now. This is why we need more investigations. But yeah, contact us. You know, that's what I'm. You know, yeah. And, I, and if with. and if you're the person who's been calling and not leaving any messages, please, <laughs> please, if you don't want to talk, send us a text. We'll, yeah. You know, well, and I could answer you in a text as well. And you know what? We can talk about the other person who called us recently from Long Island. Yes. Um, I don't want to get into it here, but it's <laughs> um, something to do with the government. Uh, government covers up cover-ups and like the Montauk chair. So. Uh, that that'll be a yeah, that should be good. conversation just yeah. in itself. Yeah. So we're gonna we're gonna try to do this as much as possible. Um, yeah. we're definitely gonna do, you know, there's definitely gonna be some kind of posting once we, you know, have the meeting going. But we just wanted to, you know, touch base with all the people that come to the live meetings and dead air. Dead air. Brian. Oh, sorry about that. Sorry about well, I'm <laughs> I'm sorry about the dead air, but I just got a warning that there is a tornado warning in my area till oh, 3 wow. p.m. It says take shelter. Which okay. is just the icing on the cake today, my friend. So don't stand out on your balcony, in other words. I don't have a balcony. I have a fire escape. <laughs> well, well, that being said, uh, Al Santariga, founding, founding father of the Bronx Paranormal <laughs> Society, um, and myself, Brian Bowden, founding father of everything else. But thanks for listening to... What does is, what is Dave Scott say? Uh, Brian, oh. who's got like 1,400... shows. 1400 yeah. radio shows. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Dave. But that, that's it. It's 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 basically Bronx Paranormal Society UFO Project, Dogman Project, uh, Sasquatch. Sasquatch Project Live. Yeah. And um, yeah, so and we'll try to do this like um, once a week at least during the lockdown if we can get to it. And uh, yeah. and once we all get back to normal, maybe once a month, you know, just to keep everybody involved. Yep. Well, until then, be safe, be well, take vitamin C, vitamin D, vitamin D, be safe, God bless, and I guess we'll say bye-bye. Ciao. Hey, this is Brian Bowden. I want to extend a deep thanks to Purple Planet.
You guys rock. Hey everyone, I'm Kat Ward, host of Paranormal Heart, your monthly paranormal podcast. Join me the last Sunday of every month as I speak to people who share their paranormal experiences. You can follow me on Podbean, YouTube, TuneIn, iTunes, Spotify, and Paranormal Radio. If you're looking for a beautiful piece of stoneware pottery, check out Nodakian Studios at etsy.com forward slash shop forward slash Nodakian Studio. And also check her out on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Nodakian Studios, where you can see updates as well as giveaways when they come available. Go check it out. There are spirits everywhere. Watching, waiting, seeking that opportune time to reveal themselves like no other. They fill our worlds with so much. Seriously? You didn't just do that. You farted on the promo? What's wrong with you? I thought you were professional. Go away. Go. I, I got it. I got it. Hey everybody, it's Brian Bowden, host of Nobo Boomy, where we explore deep inside the Goblin universe. We have an amazing show that covers the paranormal, conspiracies, music, art, entertainment, trending topics, and so much more. Please join us by subscribing to the show on Podbean at InsideTheGoblinUniverse.Podbean.com, on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, and everywhere you find podcasts. It's an informative, fun, and overall entertaining good time, and uh, we'll keep the gas to ourselves. Why don't you burp next time? Someone give me Brian Anderson.